1: Listening to all the backlist, a weekly show about books that are not new. I'm your host Patricia Elsie Tuttle, and I read, I read so many books. This is episode number 129, and today I'm going to talk about a couple great backlist titles that I am super excited about. But first, today's sponsor.
0: Today's episode is brought to you by Flatiron Books, publisher of The Familiar by Lee Bardugo this is one i'm actually super excited about i liked lee bardugo's other adult fantasy books and so i'm really looking forward to this one it's set in the spanish golden age during a time of high stakes political intrigue and glittering wealth it follows Luzia, a servant in the household of an impoverished spanish nobleman who reveals a talent for little miracles her social climbing mistress demands Luzia use her gifts to win over madrid's most powerful players but what begins as simple amusement takes a dangerous turn Luzia will need to use every bit of her wit and will to survive, even the help of Guillen Sant'Angel, an immortal familiar whose own secrets could prove deadly for them both. So The Familiar by Lee Bardugo is on sale now. And like I said, it's a must-read of the season. It's perfect for anyone who loves history, a little bit of magic, a lot of danger. You can get your copy now at leighbardugothefamiliar.com. And thanks again to Flatiron Books, publisher of The Familiar by Lee Bardugo, for sponsoring this episode. of love through Chinese numerology from his uncle. So he believes that he will have seven great loves in his life. And then he meets Reina in 95. And she's like the best. She's brilliant, charismatic, quick-witted, funny, they fall in love.
1: Hi everyone. Today I have a couple more nonfiction titles for you because as you know, nonfiction is my jam. I just need to shove all the information into my head directly through my eyes. I have one that is an emotionally hard read and then another one that is not as hard but super duper interesting. I'm going to start with the more emotionally hard read, and the book is Hunger, A Memoir of A Slash My Body by Roxane Gay. I have many content warnings for this book. Uh, Violent gang rape, emotional abuse, eating disorders and eating disorder ideation, anti-fatness, verbal abuse, and self-destructive behavior, to name the majority of them. Hunger is very difficult and intense book, to read, but I find it very, very important. Roxanne Gay is, in her own words, a woman of size. She wasn't always of size. When Roxanne Gay was 12, she was violently gang raped by a group of boys from her school. She says she, quote, ate and ate and ate in the hopes that if I made myself big, my body would be safe. So there is a lot uh, this this book from cover to cover is um an exploration of trauma and the trauma of her body um what's happened to her body When you are big, you are both invisible and highly visible all at once. Everyone has an opinion on your body, but few have consideration for you. Roxane Gay shares in painful detail how others tried to punish her for her body and also how she would crave the punishment and even punish herself in certain ways. She begins by telling readers that, quote, the story of my body is not a story of triumph, and that while this is not a success story, it is a true story. A little side note, body positivity does not play a role in this book. This is not that kind of book. A large portion of the book is actually a rapid firing of abuse upon abuse as a person of size riding on airplanes, abuse from trolls on the internet, lack of consideration for ability when being a speaker, like will the chair suit her body? How high is the stage? She also lays bare our society's normalization of the abuse of fat people on shows such as The Biggest Loser. As I said, I find this book to be such an important book to read. It can be so easy to look at a person or a photo of a person, especially one you don't know, and make judgments based on what you see. But you don't see their story, and no one sees your story. Hunger is Roxane Gay stepping forward and sharing her body's story. It is not always a happy one. She shows vulnerability in her honesty about learning to nurture both her body and her spirit. It serves as a reminder that we're all learning this and we're all all at different stages in our learning. This book is also a very harsh reminder and wake-up call to be considerate of the reality of bodies of others. I read this book when it came out maybe a couple years ago, and I reread it recently to share it here on all the backlists with you all. And it is just as powerful and heartbreaking the second time around. It is a phenomenal book. I It's hard for me to say, like, I love this book uh, because it is so hard and there's so much trauma, but I am so grateful that Dr. Gay shares her story, and I highly, highly recommend reading Hunger. So for a change of speed, the next book I'm going to talk about is Bored and Brilliant, How Spacing Out Can Unlock Your Most Productive and Creative Self by Manush Zomarodi. Bored and Brilliant is another nonfiction book that I return to periodically. The premise is the supported idea that we need boredom in order to foster creativity, while at the same time, boredom is increasingly hard to come by, especially with our current level of access to technology. I want to make it very clear that Bored and Brilliant is not anti-technology. I love technology. You're listening to me right now using technology. Some of my reading is done with the help of technology. The author is also a fan and user of technology, but wants readers to be engaged with tech in a more deliberate way, rather than the mindless filling in the silences or gaps in stimulation that happen in elevators, on public transit, and so forth. Zomarodi created the Bored and Brilliant project in 2015 to try to find out, in her own words, if we changed our relationship to gadgets, could we generate bigger and better ideas? Would there be a ripple effect of changes to the way we work, the way we parent, the way we relate to one another? Could this change the way we see the world? It is a seven-step project that this book goes through along with a bunch of research about boredom and how technology affects our brains. You can do this project along with the book or after you read a after you finish reading the book go back and do the different steps. There's like one step each day and it's a week-long project and the book will guide you along. People who signed up for the original project noted several reasons of why they took on the project or why they signed up for the project, mostly that checking technologies such as social media, mobile games, etc. is constantly messing with their productivity that they feel addicted to technology, and or that it might actually be affecting their health. One of the sections that really stuck with me was when the author begins discussing how technology has affected people's ability to do deep reading. That is to pick up a novel that might be a bit of a difficult read and just sit and read through it without being distracted or constantly skipping around. The internet has changed the way we read, not only via language, but scrolling and hyperlinks is no longer the linear activity that it often was. Zomarodi learns that people are losing this ability to deep read, like I said, to sit with a book or novel that is involved, and also to focus and retain the information. As a reader, a writer, a librarian, a book enthusiast, and a book professional, this is terrifying to me. And kids who are growing up with this sort of access to technology aren't necessarily developing the deep reading skills that people my age had developed during childhood because it takes many years to develop these deep reading skills. You didn't suddenly start, well, most people, I assume, didn't start reading novels when they were three. This brings me to the other section that really stuck with me, which is how tech professionals and visionaries like Steve Jobs limit or deny their own children access to tech. This alone is so telling and chilling to say the least. She also quotes someone who said that the only people who refer to their patrons as users are tech people and drug dealers. So that is it's very telling, like I said. Um, I really enjoyed Bored and Brilliant. Like I said, I return to it typically at the beginning of the year, because by the end of the year, I'm definitely picking up my phone and looking at Instagram and Twitter every two minutes. So it's a nice little reset for me. And my life has been improved by reading this book. So that's it for me this week, book lovers. Thank you so much to our sponsor. You can find a list of the books I mentioned today in the show notes by visiting bookriot.com backslash all the books. If you're a fan of all the books and you want to show us some love, you can leave a rating or review on Apple Podcasts. It helps other book lovers find us. If you want to talk about books or nerdy stuff or baking or check in on my shenanigans, you can find me on Twitter, Lizzie, and Instagram at the Infofile, as in the lover of information. In the meantime, have a great weekend, drink some water, and happy reading.